All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken Spoken. This is the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here with my guy, Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. And Trevor Twidwell. How's it going, guys? We have a fun-filled show for you guys tonight. Needless to say, there, I mean, this week, it seems like every week since we started the show, there's been so much news that has come out that, you know, initially when we started doing the show in the offseason, we thought, oh, you know, we're going to have to find things to talk about. We're going to have to find a way to survive this until we get into the, the season when things start to get real juicy. But... I feel like we're getting a little spoiled here because there's been a lot of stories, not just in the NFL, but the NBA and the MLB. A lot of things we want to touch on tonight, so we're going to get right into it. But we are here in the Casey Beardco studios. Uh, we have a very special guest that's going to be coming up in the next segment. Our guy, Clay Windler, owner and uh, operator of Red Tribe Cinema. So I, we've been looking forward to this all week. I know you guys have been uh, as well. So um, we're going to have him on and we're going to talk some sports with him as well. But let's get right to it, guys. And of course, we're going to start with the local stuff. Um, because that's what you guys really care about, and so that's what we're going to touch on. Um, the biggest name in, in, in Kansas City sports is is Patrick Mahomes. There's no question about it, mm-hmm. and um, we're going to be talking about this guy for many years to come. And the things we can talk about on the field are so easy, and there's so much to talk about. We can talk about the wow factor. We can talk about the highlights. We can talk about what he's going to bring to this team and to this city and how great of a guy he is. But something I want to talk about tonight, and it, it's it's kind of hard to – wrap my mind around it and for, for various reasons. But the biggest one is I guess, I guess I, 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 it makes sense to me why the fan base feels this way because we've lacked it for so long. And I'm not talking about just in football. I'm not just talking about in the quarterback position. I'm talking about just sports celebrities in general. Uh, this has been a, been a very humble town. They love their team. They love their players, but they've never really had a guy like Patrick Mahomes. I think we all can agree to that, correct? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So, so Patrick Mahomes is very unprecedented, not only with his talent, not only what he's able to do as a leader of the team, but who he is as a person. And that in 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 in, in uh, totality is going to bring a lot of attention to him, a lot of attention to this team, and a lot of attention to this city. And you would think automatically everyone's on board with that. You know, because everybody loves that Kansas City gets love. Man, why don't we get enough love nationally? That's always been the talking point. I grew up hearing that. I even, I even used to say it myself. But now that we actually have that guy here in Kansas City, it's so weird to see on social media fans that are almost opposed to it. Now, it's not one fan in particular. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I know I've talked with you guys a little bit about it, and Clay will attest to, to it later. But – it's it's pretty shocking, even though we address the fact that this city has never really had a guy like him, that they're almost opposed to the thought that we have a superstar in the midst. And what I mean by that is, and I want to get you guys' thoughts on this, but he was at the Lakers game this week. LeBron James is shouting him out, you know, calling him the MVP on Twitter. That's a big thing. Uh, people are seeing him selling his 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 merchandise. He's getting endorsements with Pizza Hut. You know, he's getting these endorsements left and right. And you think that's just a natural thing. It's going to happen with a guy who just won MVP, had one of the greatest seasons of all time. 
But for some weird reason, that is, it, it, it's almost like frowned upon in Kansas City. And I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. Why do you think that is? Why do you think? And and again, it, there's there's it's not the entire fan base. Let's let's get this straight. There are a lot of us that are in full support of it and very excited about it. Quite frankly, are uh, us included? I, I'm assuming so. Yeah. But there has been people out there that are almost afraid of it. And I want to get your guys' thoughts on why you think that is that Kansas City people, Kansas City fans are a little timid with this idea of him becoming a, a global figure, a superstar in the midst of Kansas City. Eddie? Uh, I just think uh, the way he grew in just one year, I think uh, the fans were not expecting the kind of feedback that he's getting from not just Kansas City, the metro area, the Midwest. You're talking nationally right, and internationally because I've watched uh, soccer games in uh, – Europe and Mexico, and they all they talk about is Patrick Mahomes for like maybe 30 seconds to up to 10 minutes. And I don't think that the fans were ready for that. And to see him get all this endorsements and being super huge, I, I just don't think the fans were ready for it. And but I mean, to me, I had I'm glad I'm happy for him. You know, we finally got that quarterback, we finally got that franchise player we needed. And I don't, I don't see why people can be opposed to that. It's for me. For me, it's simple, man. It's we're a small market. We're never, we'd never have had anything like this. We've never had a big dog come into a market like, and it's change. It makes us uncomfortable, you know. So certain fans are going to react a certain way. Um, I mean, I'm ready for it, man. This is the moment I've been waiting for all my life. Um, we've, you know, being a small market, we always want that recognition. Now that we're getting for round now, now that we're getting it, we're all like, you know, freaking out. Like, wait, wait, wait. Now he's getting all the endorsements. Now he's all over TV. You know, it's like. We're gonna have to get used to that for a long time now. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's just uncomfortable. It's just being uncomfortable and not dealing with the change. You know, it's like when we had, you know, the Royals won the World Series. The parade was just like chaotic. Mm-hmm. The city wasn't ready for that. We're not used to, you know, winning like that or being, you know, noticed like that. So mm-hmm. I think it's just an uncomfortable thing for us. And it's just something that's gonna take in. It's like being in a new relationship, you know, upgrading from one woman, you know, to another or something or whoever another, you know, partner and that they're higher maintenance or something, you know, in a good way, mm-hmm. you know, so this is, it just takes more effort. It takes more work to be, you know, to prepare for this. We're so used to mediocrity. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the relationship side of it because that's actually what I was going to allude to as well is the fact that, you know, fan fans brought him in, you know, as soon as he was right. drafted, you know, obviously people had concerns, but there was a, a level of excitement they've never felt before. And so naturally people embraced him immediately so much so that, you know, it forced Alex Smith to have his best season of all time because they knew the fans were waiting for this kid. Mm-hmm. And so I understand that, you know, there's a trust issue there almost like, oh, he's going to eventually leave us. You know, that that that's the sense I get from a lot of fans like, oh, eventually he's going to get too big for Kansas City. Mm-hmm. But see, the way I see Patrick and I, and I don't mean to give him too much credit because it's not like I know him. It's not like we're best friends or anything like that. But the sense I get from Patrick is it's he knows he gets it. Mm-hmm. He gets that this is a business. He gets that he has to get out there and make things happen immediately. Well, and he waited too. It wasn't like he you know even like um his agent, I forget his name. Um forget his name. Anyways, he even he was talking about when his in his first year, he was already getting endorsement calls. Yeah. You know, just from being who he is and having the, you know, the agent he is or he has, he was already turning down, you know, wasn't taking endorsements yet. And now that he went out there and shined, he knew he can get <laughs> Damn near any endorsement he wanted, to, <laughs> right? Which right. is a beautiful part of it. It's poetic. Man. He he bet on himself, yeah. and and that's why I'm going to give him credit for for what he's yeah. now. Now we're seeing him obtain right. is the notoriety of being a superstar. He earned it the the authentic way. You know, it's a very humble thing. 
Yeah. It should only be a positive thing. I and mean, people that are flipping into a negative, it's just, it's just there's are people that aren't ready. Yeah. Or they're casual fans. They're not ready or they're casual fans and they don't understand that this is such a good thing for this city. We've yeah. never had anything like this, regardless of how big you thought the Royals World Series was. I know that was big, but we never had a guy we can count on year in, year out to be our guy. Well, and, and, and another part of it that I haven't mentioned yet was, well, actually, because you're right, the, the majority of those people that I've seen myself on Twitter and other parts of social media is the casual fan. Right. But I've also seen guys and people I know, I've known for years, that are humongous Chiefs fans, loyal Chiefs fans that know the game better than I do, uh, what they're worried about. And, and maybe they're saying it tongue-in-cheek, but they are still saying it at, at, a, at a great amount. of, of t- They've used a lot of their platform to say it, is um, the fact that they think that he's going to get distracted. They're afraid that this is going to become his his focus on building his brand, on becoming this you know global figure, to the point where he's not going to focus on the football side of things. And right. so, you know, I, I took that fairly. I was like, you know what, that's fine. That's a, that's a legitimate uh, uh, argument because of the fact that he's still very young, he's still very impressionable, he's still new to this entire world, yeah. per se. Right. The reason I say per se is because of the fact, and it, it does hold weight. Being Pat Senior's son. Being in those clubhouses, understanding, growing up with Alex Rodriguez as your mentor, one of the biggest stars in baseball history, dating J-Lo, like this. That only helps him. Exactly. That only, yeah. yeah. That's why I'm not worried. If he was some kid that came from nothing and had no idea what this this life was all about, I would be very concerned about this. A-Rod, one of the biggest names in sports history, you know, one of your mentors. You're going to be, and the only thing that also that I heard about, I've been hearing, you know, rumblings about how he has his girlfriend with him and almost damn near everything. She was at Lakers game. She was in his photo shoots. She's like, you know, on uh, his, during his interview, she's kind of by his side. That is one of the few things that I can kind of understand because how many times have we seen athletes come in with a spouse or with the girlfriend, Russell Wilson, for mm-hmm. one, you know, we've seen guys come in like that and, you know, that can be a distraction to them if they split or, you know, if she, if things get ugly or if he proposes, they get married and that messes up, you know, a chemistry issue with someone down the road or something. That one I can kind of get on board with, with her kind of being a distraction or being too involved with his career and his endorsements. Besides that, man, let the kid live. Right. You know, he's 23 years right. old. He's he's deserving every bit of attention he's getting. He's, right a, he's a very humble person. Uh, he's for his age, just to be that humble and the way he carries himself, it's it's just unbelievable. And he doesn't need to be. He's yeah. 23, and he just came in here and just became the NFL MVP. Exactly. He just walked in the league and took it by storm. Man, you don't have to be. You can be as arrogant as you want right now. And let's let's take and it. No I mean, let's take it a step further it. here because I, I'm one of those guys. I'm not big on following people's personal lives. Right. You know, when we hear about oh, you know, these people are splitting up or you know, these people got together. I, I I'm sorry, I don't care. Right. So if people are going to use the relationship side of this whole thing, like if that's going to be a distraction, if if his him and his lady were to split up or mm-hmm. something was to happen. For me, it's like, dude, as long as you take care of business, I don't care what your personal life is. That's just my aspect know, from a selfish indicates. fan. I'm like, if this chick messes up anything <laughs> that I got going on right now, I'm going to be pissed. That's just, that's, that's uh, why yeah. I have, that's the only reason I right. even say that. Yeah. Is because I don't want her coming in and messing anything. I don't, I'm not judging her. I don't know her. I should no. be great. I'm just saying, yeah. like, we've seen that happen before. I know she's not a Kardashian or anything like that. I'm just saying. <laughs> Thank God. That could happen. Things like that happen, man. Poor Tristan so. Thompson. No, I was kidding. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's move on from that. Like, uh, let me just play this, Chiefs fans. You got nothing to worry about. Until Patrick's, Patrick gives us something to worry about, let's not be worried. I know we have trust issues. We've been right. jaded our whole lives. Let's give this man an opportunity to make his brand what he wants it to be and let him go out there and continue to, to win us football games and get us to some Super Bowls. Because yeah. I don't think it matters what – because we'd be naive to think that 
He didn't have this planned the entire time while he was succeeding in last season. Well, until he he knew what he was going to do in yeah. this this offseason. I believe it's Lee Steinberg. Yeah, it's his, uh, Steinberg. Yeah, Steinberg. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's his, his agent. Just, just came to me right now. Yeah. But um, let's let's move on to another topic. It's still Chiefs related. I, I know a lot of people are sick of talking about it, but we have to t- we have to to touch on it one more time because more news came out this week. And I will go out and, and preface this by saying I am I am done talking about this guy as I sit here and make a, a new subject matter with <laughs> no, his not. name attached no, to it. Not. But it's regarding uh, Chief Safety Eric Berry. Now, mm-hmm. there's been nothing of substance as far as his progress of his health, per se, that's come about. But the news is, is that he is now not going to get surgery on his Achilles or the bone that's below the, the Achilles that's causing him yeah. problems. Yeah. Now, that is news only because of the fact that this makes him even more cuttable for the Chiefs. Because if he was to get to more, if he was to get a surgery, it becomes a problem for the Chiefs to try to cut him. So him doing this actually makes it easier for the Chiefs to cut him. And we've already touched, we've already touched on this as to why it makes so much sense for the Chiefs to cut him financially this year. If they wait after June 1st, they can save some money and, ca- and the cap hit will not be as significant as it would be if they wait another year. And seeing he's been out essentially two seasons, it only makes sense. So the news the news this week is uh, it's frustrating to me because Eric Berry I'm going to I'm just going to come out and say it. I know again I get repetitive with this but I was his biggest defender going into this last season because he tore his Achilles there's nothing you do about it just shit luck right it just shit luck he had an amazing 2016 season one comeback player of the year was on the SBs got honored because he came back from cancer and that shit is never easy to come back from period not just playing football life we're talking life here this dude came back from that and had an incredible season. You could argue his best season of his career. Yeah. So I will forever have respect for him. The problem with this, though, is that is history. Now we are where we're at. And this is a business at the end of the day. And so my problem with what Eric Berry and his situation is, is that it shows me that because he didn't get surgery this time around, it actually wasn't as bad as we were led on to believe. All season long, we were told he's day to day when we knew he wasn't. We were told the Supposedly. whole season that it was a pain yeah. tolerance issue. It's a pain tolerance issue. Right. That was that was the most frustrating. I mean, I know you can't just go numb your foot and go play football because you can't be walking out there on a you know a, a foot made of jello. But it's a pain tolerance thing, man. I mean, every week, like you said, we heard it was day to day. Yeah. I mean, that's we're being lied to. That's the biggest. Part and, that this and, and, and what gets what made what made me the most upset. And Clay, we watched the. I don't I don't want to bring Clay into this yet, but we watched this game at Shane's house. Uh, the Seahawks game. Mm-hmm. We watched that game and we saw right. him play during the game and he was playing effectively and then sits out the final drive, and which, it showed. which, you know, mm-hmm. paid dividends as to why the Seahawks won the game. Right. So this is, this is why I'm so frustrated with his situation is the fact that he had the opportunity to contribute to this team. Now that we know the truth and the truth has started to come out more and more, he just simply didn't feel it in his spirit. Now people want to get upset with me for saying those things, but I feel like the argument is valid because now we know that he actually could have played all season long technically. He could have actually played more in those Seahawks and Chargers games, two crucial games that could have cost us the one seed. Now, I don't want to sit here and just you know rehash on what's already been done. Yeah. But now we sit in a place, and I think it has to be common sense the Chiefs get rid of his contract. It has to happen. I'm I don't just, know how you guys feel. I'm just I'm confused sure. on – it's still never been clarified on whose camp it was that was reporting he was day-to-day. Or was reporting, giving out the the details on if it was a pain tolerance issue. I, I was always I know Rick Burke, Burke, Buckholder or Burke, Burkholder, our training guy. He was the one that was you know obviously giving out all those reports because he was the guy that always gives that out. But I was always confused on is this his call his camp or is this the Chiefs 
you know, when you know, wanted to save him for the playoffs or is AB wanted to save himself. It just became a mess, man. And I honestly, I don't think he's going anywhere, at least this season. I know you, I know you've been adamant about him being gone. I'm just so confused, man. Like if I, if he plays this year and he's great, great. But I don't really know how to feel. Like, I don't know if I want him gone because he's so near and dear to my heart. Like you said, you've been, always been one of the biggest defenders we all have. We love him to mm-hmm. death. But I just, I'm just so confused on what's going to happen if he's going to be himself. If he's not taking his surgery, you know, so I don't, I don't really know what to expect, man. Right. Well, the, 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 here, the reason I, ha- I, again, the reason I want him gone is because of the fact he's not worth the money he's going to be making. I just don't think they're going to, they're not, uh, he's not going to get cut, dude. Well, I mean, just, you, it's not I, I think it is going to happen. I've yeah. talked to some pretty reliable people, and they they say it's almost a foregone conclusion. I mean, it's going to happen. Okay, I just don't. I mean, I hope. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that's right. I, I, Reed, I, Coach Reese has made it sound like that's not what's going to happen. Well, and to answer your question about whose camp it was, it's right. clearly on Eric Berry's. Yeah, side. that's that's where I lean. The, the Chiefs but. would be insane to sit here and go, "We're paying this guy twenty million dollars. Hey, we'll just save you for the playoffs that we don't know for yeah, sure." This we'll is be also in. the same team. <laughs> you know, this is also the same organization that's said we're doing fine, and we had no wide receiver touchdowns in the season. So you know, what I'm saying <laughs> when you. Extend it when we you can get okay. messages that are mixed. That sure, are sure. Total BS. So. And I'm not going to debate you on that because I obviously agree with you there. I'm saying that one mistake doesn't mean they're going to make another. If that makes sense, I don't think well. that because especially with again with the financial side of it, you have to consider the fact that they can get out of his contract now, and the ca- the cap hit the cap hit will not be significant. I think it's only seven million dollars in total. So you're not going to have to pay him all that money that you would initially have no, to pay him if he I'm stayed on the you. team. I'm with yeah. you on the theory. Like I'm with you on that. I think he, if he's, if it, like you said, if it's not, I know we've made you know jokes about it, if it's not in his spirit to, to play big games and we need him the most, then he should go. We should do, we Veach should step in and be the cutthroat guy because we know how soft Andy Reid can be at times yeah. with guys that are near, near to his heart or whatever. Veach should, should shut that down and we should make a move. But if he's going to go, we're going to have to find another elite talent, you know, whether it be, you know, um, Landon, or whether it be Earl Thomas, but Earl Thomas has made it pretty clear today he's not cheap. So I don't know, man. I don't yeah. know. If we can afford to let him go and not, and then try to replace him. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's Watkins. I don't know. There's still so much layer, so many layers to this whole story. I personally, I'm hoping that they just they cut ties with him and they say thank you for your time. You know, you're an incredible person. From everything I've heard, Eric Berry is an awesome guy. It's time. It's business. He's 30 years old. Happen, man. Two years out out of football. I think it's just time. Uh, another player that we need to address real quick, and again, this is somebody we've already talked about as far as the future uh, of his career in Kansas City is Justin Houston, outside linebacker. Um, the thing about Justin Houston, we talked before the show even started, is I, personally, I don't think he's the type of guy that's going to do any favors for the Chiefs. No. I don't think he's going to give them any type of restructuring idea. I don't think he's going to take anything less. And I think he's okay. I think he's made peace he's that right. with saying, you know what, I'll move on and someone else is going to take us. Yeah. Here's some really cool, some really good news, though, because a lot of people are concerned about, well, who's going to take on that contract? Who's going to trade for him? Well, here's the beautiful thing. I did a little research on this. Mm-hmm. This, this year he'll be owed $21 million if he stays with the Chiefs. That sucks because he's not worth $21 million anymore. But if they were to trade – uh, Justin Houston, the Chiefs would only be liable for seven million 7 of that, million. Yeah, which that. means another team would only have to pay him around $14, 15000000 million. Now, you look at teams like the Colts and Jets, which I have heard are actually very interested in Justin Houston. I don't know if he's they're actually going to sign him, but they are interested. You give those types of teams who are on the verge of either getting back to the playoffs and making some noise or a team, a young team like with Sam Darnold as your quarterback, having a veteran on the opposite side of the field that can help you know boost your defense and take some pressure off of your own quarterback. Mm-hmm. And only have to spend fourteen or fifteen million dollars with the cap space those both teams have. It only makes sense, and for the Chiefs, 
it's perfect because you can cut them, sure, but you can actually get. And so I, I started really theorizing, what could you get in return for Justin Houston? Right. That's what I was gonna ask you. Like, My, yeah, go ahead. I don't know, man. Like I don't know. I don't know if anyone's gonna trade for him. Like I know, outside of quarterbacks, pass rushers are what you usually trade for or try to acquire those kinds of assets. The most important, besides you know QBs. Um, like you said, I know it would be obviously ideal for us to only have to pay seven million of the twenty-one. Um, we could eat that with no problem, but I just don't. I I'm pretty sure teams are just going to call our bluff, man. I'm like, hey, you know, he's thirty plus year old, um, outside linebacker. You know, I don't know if they're going to buy into that and try to throw offers our way unless it's late round picks. Yeah, I agree with you guys, one hundred percent. I I agree with uh, uh, your brother. I just I don't see other teams trading for him. I would love to see uh see him uh get traded to either the Colts or the Jets. Those two teams are coming up, man. And and next year they're gonna be a threat in the AFC. They have cap space. Yes, to they, they, they have yeah. they have the money to sign anybody they want pretty much. And but I just don't see Justin Houston getting traded at his age and like all that money he's owed. I just don't I, I, I don't see it. Yeah, and the, the fact is though that he no matter what happens, whether it's getting cut or it's getting traded. He cannot be on this team next season. And I mean that based on the fact that we we can assume safely that he's not going to take a pay cut. It would it would it would send shockwaves through yeah. Kansas City if we Justin Houston agreed to a, to a pay restructure. Yeah, it would. It would I because mean, why why would a guy who already took a franchise tag, bet on himself, goes out there and has a career year and then gets a big time contract, why would he say, "Hey, even though I earned this and you guys basically called my bluff and I went out there and had an all-time great season, I'm gonna do you a deal. I'm gonna do you a solid. Hell no. He this is a business been, at the end of the day. Injured pretty good here and there. Yeah, as much as I think he loves then. being in here in Kansas City, and I have no reason to believe otherwise, yeah. I definitely believe he loves being a chief. I definitely believe that. At the end of the day, this is about him and his family. And I fully respect if he says, you know what? I'm not giving you guys a deal here. Yeah. I'm not helping you out. Either you cut me or you trade me. Well, it's I mean, business. We got younger bodies to put to pay. So I mean he's one of the pieces that has to go in order for us to move forward. Yeah, I, I think the best option it. would be just to cut, to cut him. I, 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 cause I honestly don't see other teams train for him. I mean, yeah. So I think, I don't know if it's the best option, but I think the the option the chiefs have to look at is just to well, plain and simple cut him. Well, if we cut him and he gets an offer, we can always match that offer or, you know, we can, he can, you know, have a change of heart if he's not getting what he likes out in the, from, you know, from whoever other teams are throwing offers his way. If he doesn't like it, you know, he can always come back and try to restructure at least a little bit. But I don't yeah. know, man. Right now it's up in the air. We'll the, see. The thing is, like I said, if you can get any type of value out of him, obviously you have to make the trade. Yeah. Uh, if, they, if, Third, if people are going to wait pick. for yeah, wait, if the people yeah. are going to wait for him to call his bluff, call the bluff, yeah. yeah, then you just cut him and then you try to match the offer and see what happens. Right. The point is there's there's guys behind him like Breland Speaks that's going to play defensive end this year. They're going to get their opportunity. I do believe they're going to draft somebody at that position yeah. again because they they're changing the whole scheme up. Would Justin Houston fit or, it? I then, think he would, but yeah. and the then point, D Ford's gone. To say if D Ford's yes. gone next year, we just have Breland Speaks left, right? Like <laughs> we got to yeah. have somebody. And, else. And, and the biggest part of all this for me is I'm looking for the Chiefs' future here because they're going to pay right. Patrick Mahomes, they're going to pay Tyreek Hill and Chris Jones within the next calendar year. Okay, you cut Eric Berry, you cut Eric Berry, you either trade or cut Justin Houston. You're looking at 50 million in cap space mm-hmm. that you have available. That it's common sense because yep. the Chiefs are currently sitting around 27 million in cap space right now. You get rid of these two aging veterans, 
Yeah, you're not talking young players either. Yes, thank you for your time. You're both 30 years old. One hasn't played essentially two years. Justin Houston, you had a lot of injury problems. You played pretty well last season, but we cannot make sense of your contract as it currently stands. You need to pay Chris Jones. Tyreek can stop arguing about it. (laughs) (laughs) That That was a pretty good debate. I will say that was a pretty good one, but... Um, we're going to come back in a second, guys. We're going to talk a little bit about Patrick, a uh, 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 guy that we have not addressed yet, uh, not a free agent, but I want to give you guys a little insight of what I think the Chiefs could do in the trade market. Um, and this, I'm, I'm sure you guys might shoot me down on this one. It's okay. But when we come back, I'm going to give you this one. It's going to be a little short segment before we bring our guy Clay Windler on. And uh, we'll be back after these messages. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hempco. We are back on the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here with my brother, Trevor Twidwell. How's it going, guys? Guys, I, I listen, I wanted to take this little small segment and just give you guys a little a little theory I had, um, a little idea, and then I'm going to bring my guy Clay Windler on. Look, the Chiefs can make some serious noise in this offseason. Mm-hmm. And I think they need to because of the fact that 2019 should be geared and looked at as nothing more than all in to get a Super Bowl victory. Oh, yeah, man. For so many reasons that we've already addressed. We all know the it's fact Super Bowl that or bust right now. You ha- yeah, you're going to pay yeah. Patrick Holmes after this o- next offseason, and you're going to pay him probably the greatest contract we've ever seen in NFL history. So th- it's common sense that the Chiefs have to go out there and almost do it Ram style. Where, and I know they didn't work out for them in the end, but they were in the Super Bowl for Christ's sake. Right. So they ha- they had the opportunity. They made it. You know, they got to the point because they went out and they got a bunch, a swoop of free agents. I think the Chiefs need to do something similar to that, which leads me to the thought of you know cutting Houston and Barry, opening up that cap space, and you would be able to afford getting veterans like one Patrick Peterson. Oh yeah, man. Oh See, <laughs> man, I'm all in. I got shut down a little Pat bit, but Pat, man. but I will tell you guys that I actually, and I'm going to pull this up for you real quick because I. Wanted to get the idea of the Chiefs fans that I had talked to about this as far as what their thoughts are on a Patrick Peterson trade. So what I did is I simply asked, would you be okay with the Chiefs trading a high draft pick or two mid-round picks for Patrick Peterson? 68% of the vote was yes. So. I was one of those voters. (laughs) So 68% of Chiefs fans that at least acknowledge my posts Acknowledge yeah. that they would be on vote with and uh, 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 okay with that. And I went on Facebook as well. Uh, about I would say seventy four percent of those votes were on the favor of getting Patrick Peterson. So the reason why, obviously, besides the fact that the guy's extremely talented, he is one of the best at his position. He's twenty eight years old, with two years left of of control on his contract, and he's only owed twenty three and a half million dollars during that time. Now you could say, well, that's twenty three million dollars. Well, the best part about that is at his market value, that's less than what he's actually worth. Right. So at 28 years old, two years left of control, and less than $25 million on the next two deals, I actually looked up on 24, on 24-7 sports when uh, the Chiefs were in rumors of trading for him during the season. What they were asking, speculating, uh, what would the Chiefs have to give up in order to get him? At that time, they said they would need to give up a first and a fourth, mm-hmm. which makes total sense because the guy's an elite right. uh, a cornerback with, at that time, three years left on his deal. Right. So there's a lot of control and a lot of incentive for the Cardinals to ask for a lot back. Now, with another season off of that control, the, the, the market can, can lessen just enough. And my theory is with the Chiefs having two second-round picks, and I think three picks within uh, 29 and 68, the Chiefs can say, you know what? Those second-round picks we could use to go get Patrick Peterson. Oh, or yeah. one of those second-round picks and a valuable second-round pick the next year 
or something like this, something close to that to give the Cardinals a team clearly building for the future. We don't even know what their quarterback position is going to be coming into this season. So they have a lot of questions they got to answer. More draft picks for a team like the Cardinals makes all the sense. That's what I was just going to say, too, because I think the Cardinals are a scrambling franchise right now. They're not a winner. They're not going to be a winner probably for the next couple of years at least until maybe Rosen develops into something. I don't see it. but Or they trade for Kyler Murray. Hey, I'm just saying. He could be a terrible saying. bust as well. So uh, we'll I, see. That's, um, that's, clean, that's Kingsbury's guy. I'm yeah. just saying. Don't be shocked if they trade Rosen. Yeah. So anyway, getting back to the – it, it, it makes so much sense for both teams because the Chiefs can therefore take the pressure off the inevitable cornerback they do take early in the draft. They are going to probably trade up and get a cornerback. I've talked to several guys yeah. that are draft our draft scouts for our Arrowhead Pride. They've all said they fully expect the Chiefs will trade up and they're going to more than likely get a defensive back. Beach style, man. But That's it takes the pressure away because yeah. you can afford to go get that free agent elite cornerback still in his prime. You have Kendall Fuller back in the slot formation, which oh, yeah. he was number one ranked in 2017 at that position. And then you have this young guy who can learn while, while Patrick Peterson travels and takes over the number one position. Absolutely. It makes so much sense. Yeah. It really does, and I hope the Chiefs do it. I, I really do. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it, like again, 2019 has to be an all-in all in year to win a Super Bowl while you still have Patrick Mahomes on the cheap. You need to go out there, spend the money on adequate assess, uh, acquisition, make that happen. So with that, yeah. I'm going to move right into it, guys. I'm really excited. Uh, we have a very special guest here, Red Tribe Cinema's own Clay Windler. Clay, thank you so much for coming in here, man. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Very good, bro. Yeah, get the sound effects in. <laughs> Clay has been, uh, without a question, without question, not only just a great friend. Uh, he he's really uh, given me a lot of opportunity to have a lot of fun with with his uh, his entire. I mean, Red Tribe Cinema. I don't even know how to explain it. I, neither do I. <laughs> it's a page, but it's there's madness to it, and there's and 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 I've never seen someone. I've never known someone who's so detailed in particular with art uh, mastering their craft. Like whenever you watch a video from, I mean, you even sent me some videos of when you, you know, the Mavericks back in 2011. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting here going, dude, this is incredible. I'm not a Mavericks fan. I'm watching an eight minute video of Dirk Nowitzki. This is this is so awesome. Like I was enjoying every second of it. And so even back in the days when he was just doing things just for fun, it was just a blast. And and Clay, it's always fun when you let me come on, dude, and do videos with you. And, and it's just a blast. Oh, Shaggy and I, man, it's oh, yeah. it's very humbling. So Clay, thank you for coming out here tonight, man. I want you, if you could, just for a few minutes, give the people a little synopsis. Give give people an idea of how Red Tribe Cinema came about, why it came about, and what it, what drives you to do it, man. Well, just so you guys know, you're in for a long story because <laughs> I've been doing this. Let's see. Gosh. This really started like 2004. That's when I really picked up a computer and decided, you know what, I'm inspired to create something and see what happens. And so I, I, rem- I remember very clearly just the genesis of, of all of this. You know, I grew up a huge film buff, a huge uh, fan of film scores and, and football, obviously. But before I was a football fan, I was, I was way, way into film and music. So at some point, after the 2004 season, I was I was just watching random clips of Priest Holmes, and there was this run that he had against the Denver Broncos in Denver, and it was like a 30-yard touchdown run. And I'm just sitting there watching it, and I, for some reason, for some reason, I don't know I don't know how it happened, but I just thought of the Superman theme by John Williams, and I started I downloaded a 
a freeware video editor, which I can't even remember what it was. <laughs> I mean, this was this was 14 years ago. You have to understand. Yeah. And uh, started. I put in the video and then I put in the music and it just kind of matched up. And I was like, this is really cool. Right. And so I was like, you know what? I should just make an entire video of Priest Holmes scoring touchdowns <laughs> and jumping through the air and set it to the, the, the Superman theme. Yeah. And honestly, looking back at it now, it's total garbage, in my opinion. <laughs> I tell people that and they, they still like it, but... So, so I created this Priest Holmes video, and people liked it. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll do some more of this. So I just, I just kept making videos, and enough people liked it that I was – and I was having fun doing it that I just well, – I'm just going to keep doing this and see what happens. Now you found your niche, man. Yeah. Your niche, uh, however you want to say it. So I didn't get a whole lot of – I got I – got, Kind of, the intention kind of trickled in because the Chiefs were kind of were kind of crappy. I mean, <laughs> there was there was a little bit of excitement during the Vermeil years, and then then the, the Herb Edwards era started. And about the only mm. thing that anybody was interested that I did during that era was like this Jared Allen video, which was actually kind of fun. It was set to the Blazing Saddles theme, which was <laughs> yeah. You know, that's that's something that, that that I feel like nobody else would think of, which I did, and it just kind of resonated with people, I guess. So where this really kind of took off was the latter half of the Scott Fiole era. Oh, when, yeah. when, it was, when it was apparent that the Chiefs were an abyss the for, golden years. For, 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 for playing good football, as Romeo Cordell would say. <laughs> and, you know, I just got fed up. And that was, that was when I got on Twitter and – so I used I used my combination of frustration with the Chiefs and the the video editing skills I had developed over the last six seven years, and I just started kind of pumping out content. Teamed up with the Save Our Chiefs guys, got a lot of followers on Twitter and Facebook, and so all that happened. Uh, and then the Chiefs traded for Alex Smith. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. My enthusiasm for doing this stuff went way, way down. See, I don't know if I believe that, though, Clay, because I'm going to be honest with you. My question I was about to bring up was, is it more enjoyable for you as as a chief editor of Red Tribe Cinema to make videos in jest of Alex Smith's failures or Patrick Mahomes' success. Be I, honest with me it here. Makes well, moment sweeter though. Because I wonder. It, 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 I wonder. It's a complicated question, but I'll, I'll be I'll be very honest with you. I had a lot of fun during the Alex Smith era. It, it was it was a barrel of monkeys because I mean what happened was when when you're totally resigned before the season starts, <laughs> you you just enter a frame of mind where everything is a joke to you, and and you just. And that actually, you just kind of want to make as many jokes as you can because that's the only way you can. Get so you the did season. enjoy it. <laughs> of course, I did. I absolutely, I enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, smile to the pain, man. Uh, smile to the pain. But, but you know, I mean, I, I've been a Chiefs fan since I was 11 years old. Yeah. So you know, deep down, I always wanted to get back to doing things that were actually special. Uh, so when when the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes, I mean, obviously I was really, really excited. 
even though people will there was a guy on Twitter today. He was like, Hey, are you gonna talk about how Clay didn't want Patrick Mahomes with the drafts? Like, listen, dude, he, I thought he was a second round pick. Just don't don't sue me. But, <laughs> but uh so so, so when, Clay, when, Clay when, getting Clay getting pushback on Twitter, that just sounds wrong, oh, right? You know, because Clay doesn't ever please. ever make anything controversial <laughs> or totally didn't have Alex Smith with a cross so, through his face and nothing like that. So, you know, I I had had a lot of fun. Even 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 during the Alex Smith era, though, when when the Chiefs had like a really memorable memorable game, it would inspire me to, to create something like cool that was actually not, you know, in jest. Like the the Redskins game in uh, 2017, mm-hmm. great game. Yeah, and uh, so I created like a serious, like dramatic video based around like uh, the uh, Gladiator with with that game, and and you know people liked it. So so I still yeah. kind of kept alive the original core idea of what I was doing. Uh, so when they drafted Patrick Mahomes, I I knew I was going to have to like shift gears and and go back to the way I was when, when <laughs> right. I was a homer 24-7. Right. And, and psh, that's kind of how I feel I am now. I, I've completely shifted gears. Uh, so, but I knew about, you know, when we all realized Mahomes was going to be something we had never seen before, I knew I was going to have to take it to another level. And that's kind of where that kind of brought us to where we are today, where I'm making absolutely ridiculous things with movie mashups. And you and Shane, uh, if y'all don't know, Lance Twidwell here is the 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 voice, the voice of fake Patrick Mahomes. You just took my mask off, the, man. The, 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 as I've said, the only fake Patrick the internet will ever need, in my opinion. But uh, so, and actually the, the Janet, well, I, I don't. I don't want to ramble on too long here. But anyway, so so I knew I was going to have to take it to another level because if you go on YouTube, everybody is making Patrick yes. Mahomes stuff. Oh, yes, yeah. he's that popular. So I knew I wanted to do something that was going to separate me from the pack. So that's how you end up with with uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes as Batman, Pulp Fiction, <laughs> headbutting John Elway. <laughs> oh man, and and flying off into the Can't night. Get enough of them. And yeah, so. That's I, I think that brings us up to present day. I think so, yeah. And and I'll be honest, man. I I had followed your work back in you know 2012 ish. You know when the when the the real shit was hitting the fan. And you know it, I'll be honest with you, it got me through those tough times because oh, yeah. when it's so bad, you have to laugh. You know what I mean? In order for you to feel a little bit better. And when you see somebody that's taking the time to show how shitty this team is, but you already know it, but it's still funny because you you twisted the narrative a little bit to where it's almost enjoyable. That's that's what got me through those tough times. And so when Alex came, I was like, man, I really hope this guy stays consistent because we didn't really know each other at that time. No, we didn't. And you like know, Stock obviously Holmes we had syndrome, man. right. And so <laughs> we we had a mutual friend, Shane Williams, yeah. and that's how we kind of got connected. And it's just so funny how it's all played out because we go from I'm just enjoying this fodder of you know just this humorous stuff that you're putting together so well and enjoyably, and it goes to this place where we're all now working together. To, to create this, these masterpieces that you're putting together. And so um, I guess a question, cause I've asked some people like, you know, cause people have come to me like, so what's, you know, what's this all about? Well, how does Clay get his inspiration? So I'm relaying that to you. Cause I know you're a big time movie buff, just like yeah. we are a uh, big time show, you know, TV guy. You love your, your great at pop culture references. 
what is it that inspires you to adequately place these, or rather place Patrick mm-hmm. and these uh, Chiefs games into these so seamlessly, mm-hmm. into these scenarios? How do you how do you come up with it? Because there's times you'll message, you know, Shane and I in our chats, and I was like, how the hell did he come up with that so quickly? Cool? <laughs> because it's like week to week, you know what I mean? So how do you do it, man? Well, you know, well, first thing I w- actually b- before I answer your question, yeah. I, w- I wanted to say. The, the movie mashup thing actually had its genesis during the Pioli era. There was, when Pioli got fired, I created this mashup with RoboCop where Carl Peterson came back as RoboCop and <laughs> and Scott Pioli was uh, Dick Jones. Nice. And if, you, if you've seen RoboCop, you know how, oh, yeah. how that movie ends. I will say I have I had a hard drive crash in 2012 and I lost that video forever. <sighs> so if anybody out there is listening and they saved that please please please, please yes we got it in touch the people need to see it man because i, I missed that damn video because it was so <laughs> hilarious <laughs> so that, that was actually the start of that but is like i told you I, I i grew up as a as a big film buff before i was a football fan so i i tend to view entertainment through the lens of of movies that i've seen and music that that I've collected over the years. So if you t- take for example the th- this season, let's see. There was uh oh, I think probably by far the most popular video I did this year was the Attack of the Mahomes mashup with the the Return of the Jedi it's mashup epic, with, the, with the Steelers game. And so when you when you think about the Steelers game and if you just kind of imagine Big Ben is Jabba the Hutt. And, you know, the, the Chiefs, which is hilarious, by the way. Uh, at least I, I thought it was. <laughs> yes, it was. I, I hope you all did. Twitter has a gif of him, of, of uh, yes. Yes. Pat Skyballer. So, <clears throat> actually, I've been thinking about making a video based on that scene for probably two or three years. But I was waiting for the right moment. And that moment never really came until the Steelers game, where you have an old nemesis of the Chiefs and they're kind of almost captive and they're in a crummy situation and they need somebody great to get them out of it. And just so happens that that day, Patrick Mahomes threw six lightsabers. Yep. And and actually, and and it was hilarious when I was listening to the radio broadcast for that. I've never I I met Mitch Holtis one time. That's the only time we've ever talked. And just out of the blue on the radio broadcast, he starts talking about Mahomes right. as the Jedi lightsaber and yep. and Darth Vader's Steelers. And I was like, oh well, that's fun. <laughs> so I I think that answers your question. Absolutely, yeah. man. Absolutely. And so yeah, uh, what? How many? How many? You said how many years has this been? Twenty since two thousand four. Yeah, so fourteen years doing this. So fourteen so I, years. I, 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 I still just can't the beginning, it's been man. Fourteen years. Yeah, it's just the beginning. And, now. and and I I think having you and Lance come on has really enabled me to take it to another level because I I really if you're gonna do a video with fake Mahomes saying lines. <laughs> You got to have somebody to do as a voice, <laughs> and and I, I think I've contributed one line in all the stuff we do because I'm 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 not very good at that stuff. These guys, 
Lance and Shane, they have yeah. the they have the dulcet tones you want. Especially Shane. And, and you hear his voice at the beginning <laughs> of this podcast every time. Yes. Thank you, Clay, for uh, putting that all together, man. Clay is our actual producer for the show now. Uh, he, uh, on his own volition, he I did not you know make him do that. He chose to do that. I want to thank you for that, man, because it took our quality the whole ne- another level. Because I listened back to our first episode, and it's a bunch of kids just putting something together. So it, it definitely adds to quality. And that's the thing, man. Is Red Tribe? That's what it is. It's quality, and and we're lucky to have that here in Kansas City because you could have been a Seahawks or Patriots or Chargers fan, and they would have been spoiled with these types of videos. And like I said, I have a I have a blast every time. I remember the first time. I ever even did a line. It wasn't even with fake Pat. It was it was the Rise of Mahomes video last February. Yeah, yeah. you yeah, brought you, me over you, just you, you know the intro. Yeah, it, it was one of the first times you and I just actually hung out, and uh, you had me come over and just watch the video. And I remember I, I don't remember what I looked like, but I remember you saying that you just kind of looked over, and you saw my face. I was like a child because the child in me came out with the way you put it together. And we haven't even seen Patrick play in a season yet. Yeah. But we just knew, you know, like you made him, you made it almost sound like he's already had a Hall of Fame career the way you embodied that video. And so I, I cannot wait for what's to come, man. If just, if you want to use me, is you know, I'm, I'm here, trust me. But the fact that we've just done, you, it's, it's gone this far, dude. You've done a great thing. And I, I, uh, I got to say, there is no way I would continue to do this if I could not have the services <laughs> of the only fake Patrick the internet will ever need. <laughs> <laughs> well, now let's let's talk real quick. Let's talk some football with you, Clay, because yeah. you're not just a you're not just a video editor. You're actually a fan, I like think, you I said. Think, I think the word you're looking for is nerd. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're a sports nerd as well, oh, not yeah. just a video nerd. But you know, some of the things we've already kind of addressed today, as far as the Patrick Mahomes superstardom, uh, Eric Berry, Justin Houston, uh, the potential of of free agents and and uh, and uh, uh, trading assets like Patrick Peterson, I have brought up. What's your thoughts on a couple of those notes? You can touch on either one. You don't have to touch on all of them, just a few of them. I'm sure you have some thoughts on them. Well, I think y- y'all covered the the Justin Houston situation pretty well. But the, w- the one thing I would say is, you know, he did play pretty well this year. But if you're going to keep him and you're going to pay him $21 million, you, you have to be guaranteed in some way that he's going to play 13, 14, 15 games. Mm-hmm. And based on his injury history, you just don't know if that's going to happen. And you you don't know if he can be a 9-10 sack guy again. You just don't know just based on the last three years. So in, in the NFL, it's, you know, what have you done for me lately? And, you know, lately he's done quite a bit for the Chiefs, but but – in your, you know, in the two years before, not so much. So, when you have an unknown like that, you can't really give twenty million dollars to an unknown, right? And Chiefs defense was bad enough with him that you feel like getting rid of him. What do you really have to lose at this point? And I feel the same way about the Eric Berry situation. Yeah, he's even more of an unknown, and you've gotten even less from him. So if you can save money and move on, then it's a win-win. You have to do that. Absolutely. I think it's a win-win too for, for Justin Houston too, because he's had one of his more productive seasons this past season. You know, finally being pretty much healthy the whole year, had good numbers. So for him to hit the market now and for us to cut that money now, you know, to swallow that seven mil, yeah. move on from him, is probably a win-win for both parties. But like I said, man, I don't know. 
what's well, going to happen. I, I think that Colts game added some value to Justin Houston for sure. Oh yeah, when he played the way he did, I mean, he was an absolute monster. You can make the, the, you can make the, the case playoffs. he was the best player yeah. on the field that night. Like he he made that much impact. Yeah. So I think that definitely adds to his value. I'm just looking at like like I said in the, in the first segment. I definitely think that his time has come. It's a business. It's no hard feelings. I think that the Chiefs love him. I think he loves being a Chief. But it's just time. He's going to go make his money elsewhere, retire somewhere else. It's just how it goes sometimes, and so it's unfortunate. Um, but something I, you know, real quick, uh, we talked before the show. You had some thoughts on this whole Bryce Harper situation, yeah. which we were going to talk about. If you guys are not aware, uh, former Nationals outfielder Bryce Harper just agreed to a thirteen-year, three three hundred and thirty million dollar deal with the Philadelphia mm, Phillies. A bit of money. It's a bit of money. Yeah. Well. This might actually correlate with uh, one Patrick Mahomes. And how, how that goes is the fact that you look at the value of a superstar, even though they're different sports, we see that value is obviously undefeated. We know that once guys are able to get paid, they get paid, and they get paid for what they're worth and maybe a little bit more. So with Patrick Mahomes, we know the inevitable is coming. The rumors are he's going to make about $200 million in his next contract, maybe a little bit more than that. I want you to give the people a little bit on your idea of what how these correlate uh, for the Bryce Harper contract and the potential and the inevitable Patrick Mahomes contract. Well, the, the Bryce Harper contract, there are some people who are in shock that he got paid that much. I'm not, I'm not really a huge baseball fan. Uh, Same. I was one of those people. Uh, I mean, if you look at Bryce Harper, he doesn't even average 30, 30 homers for his career. I know he's had seasons where he was definitely worth that much money and he's only 25 years old and you know, who, who knows what he could be. But w- when I saw that he was getting, getting, he got that contract, I was like, Whoa, but I'm probably wrong because like I said, I know I, I'm not a baseball fan. Uh, so, but that made me think about Mahomes and, and how much he could potentially get paid in, in a year or two, uh, there you know there are some people who think he could get upwards of of averaging forty million a year, and I have seen Chiefs fans just be completely shocked at that number and even have a like a negative reaction to it, like right. he wouldn't be worth that much. He's going to be worth that much. Oh yeah. So, yep. like, like, like you said in the last segment. Everything is different now because we've never had this kind of player. It's so change, man. just to be prepared for for wild stuff to happen. It's a good thing, man. That's what uh, we do. Yes. It's yeah. a good thing. It's change. Yeah. It's, that, we're yeah. uncomfortable. It's good that we're uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like anything else. It's growth. Well, and, and to bring it back to the Bryce Harper side of things, I mean, it's hard to criticize anybody that just made $330 million. <laughs> so I'm going to try to make it very artistic in how I do this, but – the fact that Bryce Harper agreed to a deal that had no opt-out option in the, in the, in this is really weird to me because he gives the entire gives all the control to the Philadelphia Phillies. So what that means is if the Philadelphia Phillies next season or even this season go we're trading you and we're trading you to the Orioles or to the Rays or some shitty franchise out there, there's nothing he can do about it. Right. And as long as that other team agrees to the pay uh, to the contract, they do it. So that's what's kind of weird to me is I don't understand why baseball players don't take more control of their contracts. And what I mean by that is if you look at the way the NBA does their thing, and not the NBA, the NBA players, like LeBron James, what he started doing with these one-for-ones. Oh, yeah. You sign a, a two-year deal with a one-year opt-out clause. 
it gives you all the leverage right. to where your team, in order to keep you, is going to have to build you a winner. I don't understand. And in a league with no salary cap, why you wouldn't do that. Right. So if I'm Bryce Harper, I go, hey, Dodgers, you want me? Hey, Yankees, you want me? Hey, Red Sox. Hey, Phillies, you guys want me? I'm going to sign a two-year deal for $100 million. You're paying me $50 million up front. And if you don't give me the players around me, I'm opting out. I'm going somewhere else, and they're going to pay me because I'm 26 now. I'll be 27 just entering my prime. I'm one of the five best position players in baseball. What, what can you do? I just look at it from a PR standpoint. That's the way I'm looking at it. That's the only real comparison I see right now is you got two young guys. you got Patrick Mahomes who we're comparing right now with Bryce Harper. Every league needs a face. And like in the NFL, we got Tom Brady about to be on his way out. He's been the guy, obviously. So I'll make this quick. Okay. Um, Tom Brady's about to be on his way out. NFL needs a face. Patrick Mahomes is going to be that face if he's not already. Um, so him getting that money is well-deserved. Bryce Harper is probably the closest thing to the face of the MLB right now. Um, you know, that can, you know, be discussed, but he's one of the faces of the MLB. Yeah. So him getting that money makes sense. So from a PR standpoint, these are their, their golden boys. Yeah. You know, Pat's going to be the golden boy. Bryce is going to be the golden boy pretty much for the MLB. And that's, that's the only real comparison I see cross sport comparison as far as a PR standpoint, you know, them trying to push the league and, you know, push the popularity. Yeah. You know, I, I get it. I get it. And I, like, again, it's hard for me to criticize anyone who's made over $300 million. Oh, for sure. It's not even 30 years old. So it's kudos to my money, dude, man. Bryce. I still feel like you could have, you know, put yourself in an even better position. And hell, if you went to LA for a one for one, you could have been closer to home. He's from Las Vegas. For sure. A lot of things just add up for me. But we'll see. What you got to do now is you got to tell Bryce about Casey Beardco. Yeah, it's inevitable now. I'm just going to have to send him a care package and never hear back Absolutely. from him. That'd be great. So, yeah. uh, guys, we're going to come back. Uh, Clay, do you want to stick around for another segment? Absolutely. Okay. So, what we're going to do is we're going to come back, guys. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the overtime rules. Uh, some news came out today about the Chiefs. Uh, coming out with a competition committee and trying to pitch them a little sale, if you will. So we'll be back after these messages. We're here at the uh, Spoken Podcast at the Casey Beardco Studios. We'll be back. Located in the historic Westport District, Modern Man Supply Company is your Kansas City's new home for men's retail. From apparel to pomade and home goods to beard care, they offer a wide range of men's products from independent companies from around the world. Follow them at Modern Man Supply Company on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are back. This is the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here with Trevor Twidwell. What's going on, guys? And our guy, our special guest, Red Tribe Cinema's own Clay Windler. Hey. Clay? So we just had a really good uh, segment talking to Clay, giving, uh, actually Clay talking to us about the story of how um, Red Tribe Cinema originated, what inspired him, and uh, definitely enjoyed listening to that because there's some stuff that I did not know myself. Uh, so thank you, Clay, for bringing that out. But we're going to move right on, guys, and we're going to talk a little bit more Chiefs. I'm sure that's not going to offend any of you. Uh, there was some news that came out today. Uh, kind of shocked me, I'll be honest. But um, after reading it, I kind of understand where they're coming from. According to the Chiefs, according to the to the all news sources, the Chiefs are in discussions with the committee, uh, the com competition committee for the NFL, uh, in regards to changing the overtime rules. Now, this does seem pretty convenient, and I'm going to go ahead and say this is absolutely convenient because right. of the fact the Chiefs lost a game, and not because, but. And there was a portion of the game that had to do with Patrick Mahomes not getting the ball at the end. Right. The Patriots scored a touchdown. We know the rest. Um, so Veach, uh, Brett Veach, the Chiefs GM, actually came out with a quote today uh, in regards to what is going on. He says that Coach Reed is, quote, working on it. I think everybody want, wants a chance for guys to do what they do. I don't really see the downside of all this, especially when you have a player like Pat Mahomes. It would have been a lot of fun. I think people that even weren't watching the game or tuned into a, such a great game would have tuned in to watch that overtime. 
Now, I definitely agree with what Brett Veach is saying. I absolutely agree with the Chiefs and what they're trying to accomplish, which is to change an overtime rule that should be changed. I definitely do think that NFL teams should be able to have the ball, have a possession. Originally, it used to be even worse, where a team could win the coin toss, kick a field goal, game's over. So it's gotten better, Mm -hmm. but it definitely could get better from even now to where even if a team is to score a touchdown on their possession after winning the coin toss, you get an opportunity to score a touchdown. I think that is fair. Right. The the pro- What I don't want this to become, though, I don't want this to become a, well, this is why the Chiefs lost, so they need to make this rule change so no one else can lose because of this. That's not what happened. The no. Chiefs lost that game, and we already know why. They stuck with Bob Sutton for a sixth season, and D. Ford was offsides. You could talk about the Chiefs not scoring uh, uh, any points in the first half. They scored 31 points in the second half. That's more than enough to win a home game in the conference championship. So my point in this is make the change. It's probably going to take a couple years, but I do think that if if we're sitting here saying this will help us in the long run and this is actually the reason why we lost the game, I don't want that to be the conversation because I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's the case because we haven't seen teams lose like that very often. What are your guys' thoughts, Trevor? Um, I mean – with the way the rate that the league has been going, it's we've been, we've seen like numerous league or rules changes in the last few years. So they're obviously trying to keep you know uh, interest from the fans, trying to you know uh, as far as like penalties and things like that. Everything plays being reviewed um, and rules being changed. I think it's going to change, and especially with the big voices, Andy Reid. He's you know one of the most well spoken, well known, um, well listened to um, personalities that the league has. Um, and he's done his time. He's been around. So I think I definitely think it's going to change. But it could. I think it could be. You know, like you said, a couple of years. Um, I think it'll be changed. And I think it's best. It makes the most sense. I mean, it. No, like I said, if that would have been a much more entertaining game if Patrick Mahomes had a chance. You know, with the game on the line. You know, young whippersnapper against the old goat. You know. That would have definitely made the game much more interesting. Chill with that goat shit. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Chill no, with no, that that's, goat shit. That's the, not, he, trust me, he's not my goat. He's not my goat. I'm just making that clear. We got I'm some people saying, triggered on that one, though, man. Hey, I'll be honest with you. We got some I'm people just saying on that that's, that's the outlook of him for yeah. the most part. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's how I look at it. Well, I think had the Chiefs won the coin toss and if Mahomes had gone right down the field and scored, I don't think this is being brought up at all. So no, I 100 percent agree with you. What what you said you feared is exactly what I think it is. Right. And to me, Chiefs, if, if they get this done, they they might it might be like they're shooting themselves in the foot a little bit because on it looks a, a little petty. on, on yeah. a given coin toss in any overtime, you have a 50-50 shot right. of winning that coin toss. If you so all things being even. With the 50-50 shot to win the coin toss and Patrick Mahomes on your side, why would you want the other team to ever get the ball? Yeah. That's how I feel. And and I think it's ironic, too. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I I think it's pretty ironic that the person that's heading this or pioneering this, rather, is the coach that allowed (laughs) Bob Sutton to stick around as long as he did. Yeah. Even though – we all knew what inevitably was going to happen. Like we all had the hope that the Chiefs were going to make the Super Bowl, and quite honestly, they should have. But we all knew in the back of our minds there's going to be a day where Bob Sutton absolutely kicks us in the ass and shits the bed, and here we are. No. And that's exactly what happened. So it just it is kind of odd to me that Andy Reid is so adamant about making this change yeah. when the change, like you just said, had the Chiefs gotten the ball first mm-hmm. and they score a touchdown. I guarantee Andy Reid's not headlining this. It looks right a now. little petty, man. It does look a little like 
Even if the rule is this is no, legitimate, no, no. I do. Yeah. I'm full support of it. If they change this yeah. tomorrow, I am okay with it. The point is, it's the people who are leading that just kind of seems kind of funny to what, me. What it reminds me of a little is when they changed the passing rules after the the Patriots had been brutalizing the Colts receivers in the playoffs for mm. two or three years. It was like 2006. They changed the rules so they could do that, and that was. I mean, when that happened, everybody was like, oh, Manning, Manning, Manning. Right. And, and look what the league turned into. Yeah, so. I mean, I think this is just such an offensive-driven league, and I think any chance you get to put your star players back in the field, you know, with the game-on-the-line situation, like I said, with, with, if that would have been the case with Patrick Mahomes getting a chance in the AFC Championship game, the ratings would have been out the roof even more. You know, the fans would have loved it even more. But I think that the rule change will be for the better, just for overall enjoyment of the game. No, not the do or die situation, and I'll make probably more teams go for two if they do score first. You know, to to yeah, to yeah. Keep, keep the other team from scoring and yeah. not just be able to kick a field goal and tying it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for an entertainment reason, yeah, it makes sense. But for it to be us bringing it to the the league, you know, because we're the team that lost that <laughs> right. way, it does seem a little petty, man. It does yeah. seem like, well, we lost this way, so we're gonna. You know, we don't want to lose that way. Yeah. Again. No. So here, here's hurt. but here's the other question I have about this entire thing. Do we know or do we assume that the rest of the league is in support of this change? Oh, because I, I we, well, I'm saying I haven't heard a lot about because I do remember the first time when they changed it from a kick a field goal, it's over. I do remember a lot of owners and, and GMs were very vocal about this has to change. Yeah. This new change, it was it's been pretty quiet. I'll yeah. be honest with you. A lot of there was not a lot of discussion about no, we need it, we need to change it again. It's only I've only heard this is the first time I've heard anybody really get upset about it. Yeah. And again, we'll say it again. If it doesn't happen in Kansas City, I don't think our guys are headlining it. So what do you think? Yeah. I think that's because people think it's pretty much a fair rule the way it is. Uh and the other thing you have to look at is with the way the Chiefs lost that game. That was really like kind of a swirling of, of it was like a perfect storm for the Patriots. I mean, they had to win the coin toss. They had to face the historically almost worst Chiefs defense ever. And they had to go go down and score. And in the future, the Chiefs, you know, they might give them a, a field goal in that. So their defense is obviously going to get better. So I feel like you're not – if you get the rule changed – you, I mean, you might change something, you might not. I'd rather, to me, I would rather have a 50-50 shot and have the chance to have Mahomes just end the game right. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm on the same page actually, and because I think if we're if we're taking responsibility here, you got to stop the offense. I mean, it's one thing to sit here and say, well, it's pretty easy if you get a decent kick return, you go 35 yards, you can chip a 59 yard field goal in. You know, like there's a better chance of you winning again. So that is a little unfair to to force a defense to keep you out of field goal range after a game has gone that long. Those defenses are going to wear out. Yeah. The point is, though, is that the Chiefs' defense could not make any stop whatsoever down that stretch, and that's why they ended up winning the game. That's why I, the rules aren't fair, man. We <laughs> well, that, that's that's why I, I hope that the Chiefs fans that are in support of this understand what this is about. This is not about, well, yeah, this rule needs to change because the Chiefs lost that way. No, yeah, the no. Chiefs lost because of the Chiefs. Yeah. The Chiefs lost because of the way they play defense. They put up a goose egg in the first half. Yes, man. miscalculations, not knowing how to line up properly for some damn reason. Yeah. Having a guy who refuses to adjust your defense, that's why Let's the Chiefs lost. That. It wasn't because of the rule. So, although, again, I am in full support. I think it's a good change if it does happen, and it does sound like it will. 
if there's other people in the league that are in support of it that have power, it's going to really come down to Jerry Jones. We know how this goes. If he's in support of it, it usually goes that way. So if it does happen, I think it does help the league. I think it does make things more interesting because Veach Veach made a good point, though, about it. You know, even the casual fan that may, may, you know, be following the game from afar saying, oh, yeah, I heard that Chiefs Patriots game is on. Wait, you're telling me they're in overtime right now and Patty Mahomes has the ball and that it's the second possession? Oh, I got to hold on, dude. Shut up, Roger. I got to watch this. You know what I mean? That's going to be the talking point. So Veach makes a good point about that. But I hope that the, 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 the point of emphasis is still on the fact that this defense has to get better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we can have this rule all over again next season and Patrick Mahomes might get an opportunity. But is it really fair to say, hey, Pat? We know we can't stop anybody. Can you go and save us again? Can you go and do more? Like that isn't even fair on that side of it either. Well, if you really who's, who's get to deeper say if, into who's it, who's to say if we won, or, or you know, if we won that way, and you know, we or we hear the Patriots, if the Patriots came out and said that the same thing we're saying right now, we'd be like, oh, are you serious? Exactly. You guys just take your L. Yeah. You know that's yep. how we would look yep. at. It. I know. I know. I'd happen. be saying that. Right. I know. I'd be saying so at that. At the same time, I gotta reflect. And stick, take a step back and look at it from the outside, looking in. You know, this is our our guys saying this, so I'm kind of with it. I think the rule would be probably maybe better. Who knows? But if it's not, if it doesn't change, it's it is what it is. We right. know what the rules are; they've been the same. So and, it is what it is, man. And the other thing, in in two of these three situations that people are complaining about, it was the it, it's it's the Chiefs Patriots playoffs playoff game and the Super Bowl with the Falcons and the Patriots. You got mm. Tom Brady in two of those man. situations. Yeah. So, you know, not everybody has Tom Brady. Go so, figure. Yeah. So, I, you know, I would wager in the next time this happens to the Chiefs, if they're not facing Tom Brady, they probably don't give up a touchdown. Yeah, I agree with you, man. You check those coins. Double-sided. <laughs> <laughs> well, Clay, man, hey, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I really appreciate you coming out tonight, man, being a part of this. Whenever you want to come on, you know you got it, dude. You, you have the floor. So thank you so much for being on, dude, and go ahead. Anything for the only fake Patrick the internet will ever need. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I'm like, I'm hoping we do a video soon, but I know we got to wait. So it just, it gets, I get so anx- anxious because I know that we have so much to do with so much content you have. I can see it ro- rolling around in your brain right now. 2019 is going to be lit as hell, bro. So it's going to be fun it's as just hell. just the beginning, man. Red, Red Tribe Cinema. The blow up. Yeah. Go follow him, guys, on Facebook, Red Tribe Cinema. Uh, on Twitter, it's at Clay Windler. Uh, definitely check out all his work. If you've not watched uh, the 2018 recap of all his videos, go on YouTube at Red Tribe Cinema. I'm t- you're not going to waste your time. It's an absolute blast. Yeah. Uh, per- my personal favorite, Total Read Ball. That's 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 my personal favorite. Uh, just because, like I told you, when those when that ba- when that bad boy starts dropping down an Arrowhead, and all of a sudden the oh, dude, I lose it every well, single the time. The other thing about that video is Carl Peterson is in it. Exactly. <laughs> you're not going to see that anywhere. Exactly, dude. Exactly. So, guys, again, let's give it up for Clay. Thank you so much for coming on the show, my brother. Humble bow, exit stage left. (laughs) Guys, we got one more segment for you. Uh, We're actually going to touch on Jason Witten, believe it or not. We're going to talk about the big news that came about. And uh, also, we cannot leave out our favorite segment of our show, which is Hold This L. So when we get back, we're going to do those two things. We are here at the Casey Beardco Studios. And, uh, yeah, guys, we'll be right back after these messages. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed clothing and accessories with a countercultural apparel. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at commandeerbrand on Instagram or Facebook. 
And we're back for the final segment. This is the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here with Eddie Ortiz. What? what, what? <laughs> and Trevor Twidwell. Hello, beautiful people. We might have to mute your ass after that one, Eddie. That was horrible. Eddie's drunk. Yeah. So... <laughs> We've uh, we've touched base on on pretty much all the the the, the current Chiefs related topics that are going on right now in Kansas City, uh, so we're not going to bore you with any more of those things. Actually, what we're going to talk about is something a little bit funnier. Uh, no offense, but this is when I first heard, it, I laughed literally out loud. Eddie was next to me when when we heard the news. He is and, not kidding. Yeah, it was. It, I I thought it was Flapped from the it. straight from the Onion. Like I could not believe this was real. <laughs> um, so the news came out that Jason Witten, at the time, was the Monday Night Football color commentator has decided to leave the booth after one year and return back to football. He will be 37 years old when the season starts, playing in a position where you have to have at least a little bit of agility. Yeah. Uh, you have to be able to sustain some pain. And I thought for a long time that was why Jason Witten had initially left. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to unpack on this one. I, I, I will give you guys the floor on this because I, I'm going to go on a little tangent. But, Eddie, when you heard – this news, and I, I already know a little bit about what you thought, but go ahead and just give the people your, a little bit of what you, what came to you first when you heard this news. Well, the first thing that came to my head was like, man, ESPN really didn't want him next year. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to to leave just after one year, but I mean, we all knew he just wasn't cut out for it. We all knew that. His his uh, narrating of the games or just, or his, uh, whatever you call it, yeah, his commentating was just not. Yeah pretty bad yeah it was bad yeah so it, it was not a shocker that he left what shocked me was where he went to no i wasn't expecting to go back into the nfl i don't i mean he's old and i don't think he's uh capable of getting back into nfl shape at such an old age yeah i don't know i feel like he's more he's definitely not coming back for you know to be some kind of good player. I don't think anymore. I think he's coming back just to kind of be a, a, a locker room personality, a good, I mean, cause we know he's always been a good player, a good leader, a uh, good locker room or morale guy. Um, but we've seen time and time again, him not click with, with Dak Prescott. So it doesn't really make much sense from a football move standpoint. Um, but him being a, a, a locker room guy, maybe coming back to work himself into a coaching position, maybe. That would make sense to me, but as far as him getting him off TV, I think it's a great move. Yeah. They're so. giving him five million dollars just to come out. Yeah, like, I mean, go that, Cowboys. That's <laughs> well, I'm willing. Really, I, I don't know the the figures on that. Uh, oh. I, I think if what is it is it two or three of that guaranteed? Uh, was well, uh, Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport? They both reported two different amounts, so I'm not. Yeah, because my uh, the initial one I heard was one year three million. So, uh, according that's to Adam Adam Schefter, it's uh. One year, three point five million, but according to Rappaport, it's uh, five million. So we're gonna go with like four point three to like meet in the middle. Is that what we're gonna do? Because <laughs> both those guys are usually nails with whatever yeah, their reports. So I, I usually don't, don't argue with them. So when they're conflicting, it's kind of confusing. Regardless, yeah. the the fact is, is there's there's obviously so much more to this than what we really right. know. There's, there's more. There's an underlying story. Yes. Yeah. And the, and what that's where I'm gonna go is yeah. is the let, let's let's address the obvious, like you guys said. He was terrible on Monday Night Football. Right. He was atrocious. It was a horrible hiring for Monday Night Football to go his route. A guy who has zero experience in that field to take the number one spot. Technically, Sunday Night Football, you could say maybe is better, but the fact is, I mean, you're available spots. It was the yeah. best available spot. And you yeah. gave it to a guy who had no idea what the hell he was doing. It was obvious every single week. I mean, the dude, I think he's I think he was uh was it 
seven yards per carry or seven yards per catch. I mean, he had less than seven words per game in most of those games he had in broadcast. Like it was Jason, awful. I think it's Jason Garrett saving his ass. Well, and no, but I think it's actually deeper than that. I think actually, if I'm, and it sounds actually ironic that you're talking about with Jason Garrett. Yeah. He has on one year, he has one year left on his deal. Uh-huh. And the Jones family has come out and spoke on how they believe in Garrett, but they're not going to give him an extension he's yet. And pro- so, so, so trash. here's the thing. <laughs> The theory that it's very interesting because although Witten is not good at color commentary, right? The dude does know football. Oh, he's got an IQ, and he has respect yeah, yeah. amongst the amongst his peers and in the league. That's why I'm, I see where you're going. Him. So, yeah. so, so, what would push a guy who was not going to get fired from Monday Night Football? They already came out and defended him and Booger and, and Joe Tessitore. Yeah, they already said they were going to stick with those guys. So, what would make Jason Witten want to leave such a pud job, even if he's terrible at it? And he knew it. But he was still going to make that money. We got some handshakes going on behind closed doors. Ooh, that's and it, and it's so coincidental that Garrett stays on that one-year deal. I think he that, gone. and I'm going to say it. Yeah. I think Jerry Jones is going to prep him to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> oh, you said it. As crazy as that sounds, <laughs> it makes total sense in Jerry world because Jerry likes Jerry guys. Yeah. And Jason <laughs> Witten and Jerry were very close. I would beg to, I would beg that, that he was just as close to Jerry as Emmett Smith was, Troy Aikman. Yeah. Those guys were very close to to, uh, to Jerry Jones all throughout those years in the 90s. I'm telling you, Jason Witten was his guy. That was his guy, even more than Romo was. That was that was Mr. Cowboy right there. Do I, so I do not be happens. shocked. I hope that happens. <laughs> do do I, not yes. be shocked. I'm, now that's a long <laughs> I really way. Hope that There's happens. still a full season to go, yes. but I think this was the, the workings of it to get him back into football. To work him as, you know, he came from the field to that as opposed to coming from the booth to this. I think that is something that can very well happen, and I'm here for it, man. I'm telling you right now, I think that would be so funny. And and no respect to Jason because that's great. You know, it gets an opportunity. I think he'd be, I think he'd be more comfortable being down on the field in the middle of it, you know, playing and then coaching it as opposed to trying to talk about it because it's just clearly not his thing. Yeah. It just did not work, and I and Monday Night Football should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. They should be holding this L. So we're gonna get right into the, we're gonna get right into this segment. Actually, let's get right into it, guys. Our favorite segment of the week. Uh, thank you for all the responses. We had a lot of people that have actually chimed in and said this has actually been a uh, a fun topic for them, a fun segment for them. So, guys, go ahead, Eddie. Give me give me what you got because I know you were talking to me today. You, you didn't really know where you were gonna go with it, but what what do you what do you got for us, man? Who's holding the L to this oh, week? Man, I, I think I'm gonna go with uh, Bryce Harper holding that L. Uh, <laughs> oh, I gotta hear this. I gotta hear this. He's signed a thirteen. I mean. Money. Money wise, he's set. You know what I mean. Money yeah, wise, yeah. he's set. But he did sign a thirteen-year, no opt-out contract with the Phillies. Like, come on now, you're not gonna win a World Series with the Phillies, I don't think. And to have a no opt-out, like like you were talking earlier in the segment, like the Phillies have full control of yeah. where you're going if they don't want you. Like they can send you to the worst team in MLB as long as they're able to pay you. So I'm gonna go with Bryce Harper. So Bryce Harper, who just made three hundred thirty million dollars, <laughs> hold this <Loser>. L. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> you just made three hundred thirty million dollars. Clay, I want you to give us uh, the L of the week. Who is holding this L from Clay Windler? L for love. <laughs> so this is gonna be real serious. <laughs> I'm already no, laughing. I'm, 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 I'm real serious. I mean, so election season oh, is coming here we go. up. Oh, here we go. Everywhere you look on social media, <laughs> on Twitter, on Facebook, Democrats, Republicans, 
yes. socialists. They're all at each other's throats. Everybody's full of hate, full of sniping, and just bad vibes everywhere. So when that bleeds into my sports feed, somebody's got to hold that out. <laughs> so the 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 Patrick Mahomes contract debate, how much he's going to get paid, how much he's worth, whatever he gets paid, he's worth that. But people disagree sometimes on how much he's going to get paid and how much he's going to get worth. And that's fine. You can agree to disagree. What's not fine is when you just want to tear somebody down because they think a player is worth this amount of money or that amount. And, oh, he's not worth that. And you're an idiot and you should die. And, <laughs> and your entire family should catch rabies from the neighborhood dog. Yes. Just Yes. We have enough <laughs> division in this country over over things that actually matter. Just <laughs> be nice to people about sports. It's the off season. Yeah. The, the regular season will be here soon enough and then you can actually have a reason to attack somebody because your quarterback got cheap shotted or or the ref screwed your team. Just sports are supposed to bring people together, man. Yeah. And Especially if you're two Chiefs fans. Yeah. Just give it a rest. <laughs> What's their at? <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. No. <laughs> Whatever their at is, I hope they're never at my Twitter. There it is. There it is. So boys, boys, nice tie-in. Boys, if you're listening, you got to hold that L. Hold this L. <laughs> the inevitable Patrick Mahomes contract. You're disputing that. You got to hold that L all day. Thank you for that, Clay. Trevor, all who's right. holding this L, man? Um, for as many of you probably know, you watched um, um, some some sports talk today on TV, and you saw Doug Gottlieb uh, covering for Colin Cowherd's show. Um, I know I get, I'm gonna get catch flack from you know people in the group of uh, me being a LeBron homer or whatever or apologist. The guy said LeBron is not even top ten in the league today. Um, and then he went on to continue to uh, say that LeBron might be top 10, top five all time. I mean, talk about pushing a narrative and just be, I mean, this guy is paid to be a, per, a TV personality and talk sports professionally and says LeBron James is not even the dude that the dude that came back from a groin injury nine games in is averaging a triple double at 34 years old. Yeah. Not top 10 in the league today. Sure. You know, maybe not playing the best defense of his career. Sure. I'll, I'll admit that. But I mean, good God, man. <laughs> Hold this gigantic, <laughs> veiny, pulsating L. You ignorant bastard. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. Beautiful I, I, speech. I like it. So, so much uh emotion in that one. That, it's, I'm so glad you I'm so glad that's your I'm that so guy. glad that's your L this week because I texted Trevor today about this and, yeah. and he just laughed yeah, it off. It I was legit <laughs> pissed, dude. I'm like, look. Trigger. You can you can you can debate on the, the greatest of all time. That's fine. You know yeah. you're gonna be wrong if you say anyone other than Top LeBron. 10? But that's Top but just 10. say yeah it, it, yes. So thank you so much for bringing him up because I didn't oh, even God. want to address it. I'm glad you did. I had to. So here we are, and uh, this is actually a very easy one for me, and it's actually kind of a prophetic L. 
And um, the reason I say that is because it hasn't happened yet. Mm. And when it does, doesn't count. It's going to be a large SL. <laughs> I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J style. Ooh. I'm talking. It's going to be that bad. Man. So, as I recall, the 2017, or I'm sorry, the 2018 draft, there was a young quarterback that got passed up a few times. And his remarks were when he finally got drafted that the teams that passed on him are going to regret it. And we went on to have a horrific season, got hurt, team absolutely failed, and they currently have the number one pick in the draft. And they went and just signed a coach by the name of Cliff Kingsbury that is absolutely in love with one Kyler Murray. And there is a large speculation that Kyler Murray will be the number one pick in this draft. And I agree with that. I actually think he's going to be the number one pick in the draft, which means that same quarterback that was telling all those other teams that they're going to regret passing on him is going to get traded. Josh Rosen, I'm looking at you right now, and I hope you enjoyed your time in Arizona. (laughs) Oh, man. Because you're about to get your ass traded, and Cliff Kingsbury is about to get his guy because you're not his guy. You're not his guy at all, in fact. (laughs) He said before he even signed with the Cardinals that his number one pick would been would have been Kyler Murray. And what do you know? The Cardinals go off uh, uh, in an uh, unorthodox, that's the word, went an unorthodox way and signed a guy that had a losing record in college as a head coach. So why would they stop there? Why would they stop with that way? Power why not go get his guy, the same guy that signed with the same agent? Josh Rosen, I want you to do me a favor and hold this L because it's over for you in Arizona. <laughs> That's it. Well, good luck. Drop the mic if I could. It's on a stand. I can't do it. So, guys, I hope you, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this show tonight. It was an absolute blast. Uh, cannot thank my guy Clay Windler enough for coming on. And, Clay, I mean it when I say, man, if, whenever you want to come on, the invitation is there, dude. You, you can contribute to this whenever you feel like it. So, uh, for the producer part of it, man, that, that's invaluable. I, mean, I can't put a price tag on that. Thank you so much, man. Shout out, shout out. Um, my guys, Eddie Ortiz, Trevor, thank you guys so much for for doing this with me as we talk sports, pretending like sure, we know man. what we're talking about oh, and yeah. giving people <laughs> a product that they probably don't like. But, they're you know, like, I got some time. Right. Let's just kill with uh, listening yeah. to these guys. So. That, that that that's my by far my favorite segment. I cannot wait every week, like all week long. I'm looking forward to it. So, um, I, again, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Facebook's just the Spoken. It's a group, so just uh, send your invitation. I'll I'll add you in. Uh, the uh, the Spoken on Twitter is at the Spoken PC, and on Instagram it's the Spoken Podcast. You can follow me at Lance the Spoken. Trevor, give him your Twitter handle. Uh, Treviathan eighty nine. Eddie, what's yours? At Ortiz eight one six eight one six, and Clay is at Clay Windler. Definitely check them out, man. Give these guys a follow. Uh, Thank you so much for the support. We'd love to hear back from you guys. Let us know what you guys think of these podcasts so far. We're going to keep reeling them out, so we'd love to hear some feedback because that's what we're here to do. Uh, So in the meantime, thank you so much for Eddie Ortiz, Trevor Twidwell, Clay Windler. I am Lance Twidwell. You've been listening to the Spoken Podcast at the Casey Beardco Studios. Until next time, we're out. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned into the Spoken. I might actually stick I might actually stick around for a little bit.